0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: Back to a Celtic state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by Laura Bradburn. Um, If you are watching on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube and Twitch, welcome to the show. There seems to be a slight issue getting onto the Twitter stream tonight. So if you're on Twitter, you won't even know that. Laura, um, the first message coming in is that... Wee James, he was telling Hitati he got man of the match, class, yes. Well-deserved man of the match performance by the debutant. Let's talk through that first of all. He looked confident, he's got vision, a range of passing. Uh, I mean, as we said at halftime, he fits Angie's system perfectly well, doesn't he?
4: Yeah, I think um, I think one thing that we've missed a little bit of is as good as McGregor's distribution is as good as Turnbull's distribution is. We've missed um, somebody with that extra bit of class when it comes to passing that can really make use of the runs that some of the forward players are making, like go, um, like Abada, like Jota. And to have Hatati there with the range of passing that he appears to have the ability to pick players out the way that he's got. Um, I'm really excited for what it's going to look like when we're back to full strength up top because I really think he can utilise that and make us very dangerous going forward.
3: The big question, I mean, you bring new talents in, you play them and they're successful, they hit the ground running. The big question then becomes, what's your strongest 11? And that's a brilliant dilemma. That's a great headache to have, not a headache that uh, Ange has enjoyed all that often since he came to Celtic. At halftime, with the corporate enthusiasm a wee bit, Laura, we realised that um, it's easy to get carried away, particularly after the first half that we had watched and enjoyed. Um, A little bit less... Tempo a little bit more low key in the second half, wasn't
4: it? Yeah, I think it was one of those cases where, and um, I think you said before we, we came on air, job done. And it's one of those situations where I would love for us to have gone out in that second half and beaten them four or five nil and really like driven home how dominant we were, but. At the end of the day, I'll take a, a kind of comfortable second half where we just close out the game and get the job done over, you know, constantly going for it and going for the five or six when it's not necessary. You know, we've seen before Christmas how easily we can injure players and how, how fragile they are in that sense at the moment. So, um, I think taking the more cautious approach in this game and making sure we've got a full, clean bill of health coming off the pitch at full time was was probably the right option.
3: Well, after a, a short break since Boxing Day, uh, we get back into the stadiums. It's our first game back after the winter break. And we get the game before our challenges before Rangers play Aberdeen tomorrow night, how important is it psychologically, Laura, that we've got the points in the bag? Do you think that there is any chance? I mean, we're sitting three points behind at the moment. Is there any chance of Aberdeen doing us a favour tomorrow night?
4: Well, I don't know how much chance there is of them doing that because I don't think they've had the best of seasons, but the least we can do as the team who are in second place is keep the pressure on Rangers, keep them needing to win their games, especially if we play first, you know, we get the chance to to put our points on the board and then it's up to them to try and keep ahead of us and keep the pressure off of themselves. So um, regardless of whether Aberdeen can do us a favour tomorrow night or not, I think we've done our job tonight by getting getting the points on the board and making sure that, you know, even going into tomorrow night, that's hopefully something that's playing on Rangers players' minds uh, for for their match.
3: The big thing last season, Laura, one of the biggest disappointments was the fact that we didn't put pressure. We didn't put pressure on Rangers. At no point did they have to uh, be in that mind space where someone was breathing down their neck. They didn't have that um, issue with you know, the crowd being on top of them as well last season. And I just think it would be uh, an interesting proposition to see the Celtic side putting Rangers under a little bit of pressure on how they're going to react. And that, uh, obviously, is what we've done tonight by getting the three-point yes. It's all about Celtic, of course it is, but you then have one eye on tomorrow night's fixtures. Rip-roaring, free-scoring, Clashman Numpty. Yes, you're absolutely correct. It certainly is that. And uh, we'll have a look at Jack Sporran and see what Jack's saying. Tonight's performance puts down a statement of intent In Ange, we trust. Well, I said at the beginning of the game, I'd have played Ralston at right back and Forrest at right wing. Uh, But then I said i trust Ange. So I totally agree with you, Jock. He knows a lot better than I do. Rambo, JP73, how were the new boys? Well, we've spoken about Hatate. We'll start off with Hatate and we'll work through the other two because we did get a look at all three of the new Japanese recruits, Laura. Um, Hatate... I think it's an interesting one because I was quite happy previously with the midfield three of McGregor, Turnbull and Roderick. Again, not getting too carried away with that as a, it's only one performance we've seen of Atati, but he certainly looks like a first pick based on that one game.
4: I think what he brings to the team, if you're looking at him, as a kind of direct replacement for for David Turnbull as he, he ups the intensity of the way that we play, the pace we play at. Um, Not necessarily that he's a particularly pacey player by the looks of it, but just the way that he spreads the ball about and is always looking for a pass means that he he ups the tempo of the play. And I think that that's something that Ange quite clearly wants throughout all aspects of his team from the front to the back you know you even go back as far as the goalkeeper Joe Hart's constantly running looking for an extra ball as soon as the ball goes out of play so um, from the back to the front um, intensity is the name of the game as far as Ange is concerned and Hatati certainly brings that in spades to an area of the park where it's vital that it's there for us going forward.
3: Well the question was asked how were the new boys and the commenters have come in with their comments uh, Stephen Rooney, Hatati was very impressive, yeah he certainly was, Jake Ryan and with another master masterstroke with Maeda and Hatati. and of course we've not seen much of Gucci yet but uh, Elfin Priest real looks unreal, Maeda More of a raw talent, surprisingly. Gucci kept the ball moving in his 20 minutes. The one thing I would say about Maeda is he's going to cause goalkeepers some issues. We've seen that uh, this season with regards to the pace of Kyogo um, playing a very tight, kind of like high line off the shoulder of the last defender. Um, He's getting assistant referees in a tis because they don't know if he's on or offside. On the flip side of that, you're going to have Maeda breathing down the throats of goalkeepers. They've done it two or three times tonight. He's going to get the break of the ball, um if he keeps doing that as well, Laura?
4: Yeah, I think Maeda's game is slightly different to Kyogo's in that I think he looks to me like he's an out and out finisher. He looks like he's sniffing about the six yard box looking for chances and and it's just a case of us trying to put those chances on a on a plate for him. Um Certainly that was the impression I got from anything that I managed to see of them online once we signed them, and um, uh, my attitude to that hasn't changed tonight. We just need to make sure we make those opportunities for him. Um, and what it does as well is it kind of gives us, uh, again, we talked about it before with the strength of the bench we had tonight, but it gives us a different option. What we, do, what we don't always want is a straight-up replacement for any player that we've got we want. Players who have a slightly different way of playing, players that give us something different if something isn't working. We have seen a couple of times on occasion, um, whatever goes trying isn't working in particular games. And to have Maeda there who's going to offer something slightly different, a bit more of a poacher, you might say, um, then I would say that that's, that's definitely a good option to have.
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the, the notes uh, I put in here is that the it's the composure at Hatati that I was very impressed with as well. Laura, I mean, when you look at uh, Gucci, he's got experience of playing or being with a British club. He's got experience of playing in Europe with a couple of other clubs. And I expected Gucci to be that. That second pick, we know all about the relationship between Maeda and Ange Postecoglou. Of course, he played; uh, he played under Postecoglou with his previous club, and by all accounts, he would have been the top of the shopping list. Although he went and got Kyogo, which, uh, by the looks of things, wasn't a bad um, second choice. But I did expect the kind of second player. To be Gucci followed by Hitate. But on that performance tonight, Hatate will be looking for a first team jersey. Um, there is a suggestion by Jake that Turnbull won't get back in the team. Hitati was exceptional. I always uh, go from the perspective. Um, I always go for, for the um, the guy who's got the jersey, keeps it, Laura. Um, if you're in possession of that, then it's down to the, you know, Turnbull, in this case, to win it back. Um, is that the way that you think Ange is going to play this?
4: Well, I think if Hatati keeps putting in the performances that that he did in the first half tonight, then he almost makes himself undroppable. You know, you can't, you can't just give a... a a shirt back to somebody when they come back from injury just because they've been there before. If somebody's come in in their place and is putting in the performances that merit them staying in the team, then they have to stay in the team. The one thing that I would say is, um, it's going to be no bad option if you, if you've got Hatati and Turnbull to choose between for the number of games we've got towards the end of the season going forward. Um, Choice is something that we've been crying out for and, a, and squad depth is something we've been crying out for. So regardless of whether it's Turnbull or Hattati who makes the the majority of appearances for the second half of the season, the fact that we've got both of them and can choose between them is is something that's going to benefit the entire team.
3: Yeah, David Boyle comes in. He's talking about the strength and depth as well, Laura. I can't remember us having such a great bench. Kilgo and Julian still to come in. And let's not forget, uh, there is still time to make additions. And I know that Ange has suggested that the business will be done, but he did say that with a caveat, which was depending on if anyone leaves. And the four players I identified at the beginning of the uh, the game was Ayeti, Barkas, Bollingoli and Sorrell. And you look at that list of four players, and if you are able to offload those four players, the wages involved, any transfer fees that you're able to get, should the moves be made permanent, then you would guess that there are one or two others that Ange has his eyes on. We know what happened with Riley McGree. Um, You know, I wasn't massively disappointed because he was one of the players whose name came out of nowhere almost, Laura, and we had to go and find out a wee bit more about him. That's fine. He decided to go to Middlesbrough. They had a dig at us on Twitter, but you know what? We're used to that, Laura, right? But if we get rid rid of those four players... There might even be another couple of additions. And the point I'm making is a Yeti Barkas, Bolly, and Sorrell are nowhere near that bench. If you get rid of the four and bring in two who actually are um, considered first-team players, again, that's going to give you more strength.
4: Yeah, it's, it's one of these things we can't really afford passengers even at the best of the times and I think certainly the four that you've mentioned are passengers. They're not going to come in and and strengthen the team or better the team in any way. So like you say, even if we reduce our numbers slightly by getting rid of the four of them and bringing in two players who we actually want to be in the team, then I, I would say that that's, that's got to be an option worth considering. I think people misconstrued that Ange's words as far as the transfers were concerned. It It came across to me like that Riley McGree situation was an opportunity that arose that he wanted to explore but he obviously wasn't too gutted it didn't come off but I didn't take from what he said that there would be absolutely no more signings I, I I just took that um, certainly the priority is going to be on getting players out the door. But if anything arises that um, might be worth pursuing in terms of bringing somebody in, then it's something that will get looked at. I don't think the door is closed to any more players coming in. But, he's, but Ange doesn't strike me either as the type of person who's going to make signings for the sake of it.
3: No, you're right. I mean you've got guys there who have gone out on loan so far that we're aware of and Henderson and Shaw and potentially Montgomery. There's also been chat of Urigidi going out on loan now. I know you know they're nowhere near been first picks Laura but they're part of the first team squad they've all played first team football this season so there's four out the door potentially and if you lose any more of these guys that we've mentioned then I'm pretty sure that changes the whole landscape of what Ange was saying the other day in his press conference now yes another clean sheet that's important to point out Aldo particularly after the uh, first three minutes where we almost uh, conceded a goal but what about the chess control from Joe Hart that was just a touch of class as well we didn't have that much much to do, but the point was made when he was called into action. Laura, he was solid at the back again.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's a massive part of the goalkeeping game that I think goes underappreciated, especially in a game like tonight for Joe Hart. Um, that you know, so much of that game he wasn't involved in, so much of that game was passing him by, and it would be very easy, you could imagine for him to kind of like be caught not not so much daydreaming, but certainly not paying as much attention to the game as he could be and slightly letting his mind wander. And um, the fact that he seems to be so on top of, you know, being aware of what's going on and, and being ready when required is, is is great. And I think that's actually... It's a problem that a lot of defenders, I think, experience at Celtic and a lot of goalkeepers. It's a big problem I think Shane Duffy had last season. You know, Shane Duffy was the kind of defender who I think fares well in a team where they're constantly under attack and he's just battering balls away time after time after time. But if they're being asked to play play ball a little bit more and concentrate a little bit more and not be under constant pressure, that can actually sometimes sometimes be a bit harder for defensive players because they have to concentrate that bit more. So um, Joe Hart having that ability and having that skill is something that will only benefit us.
3: Yeah, you mentioned uh, Duffy and you're right, I mean he was probably used to being under a bit of pressure throughout a game and then he comes up here and there's passages he play where you've just got to keep your focus and your concentration, one player who did that tonight, I felt, was Carl Starfelt, we spoke about him before the game, he's now, he's basically in a fight now, when you think about it, he's got you know, Stephen Welsh, a player who the club were keen to keep, uh, despite interest from Udinese, and also Julien coming back after 13 or 14 months out, by the way, glad to see badder getting up after his collision with the post as well. Um, What was your thoughts on Starfield's performance tonight Laura?
4: Um, I thought it was I thought it was fine is the word I would probably use. It was, there was no I had no concerns with it. It wasn't outstandingly good but it wasn't bad either and I think he I think he basically did as much as was required of him. He didn't make any massive mistakes, um, had a couple of good clearances, was very dominant in there actually, in the first half especially. And um, yeah, I just think did exactly what he needed to do. I think if you get performances like that out of Starfelt for the rest of the season, then I don't think anybody's got any room to complain, really.
3: No, and uh, obviously we'll get on to uh, Jota because he made a return as well. Uh, but the other E, which often uh, isn't spoken enough about, I think, is Cameron Carter-Vickers because uh, what he brings to that backline is a calmness, Laura, that you know I think it rubs off on the likes of Starfelt. Obviously, they've got a safe pair of hands behind them. But Carter-Vickers, for me, is as important in terms of making the deal permanent as Jota. I know that he doesn't have the entertainment value. Um, he's not as much of a fan's favourite, but I think that just comes down to the fact that, you know, the attacking players are the ones who seem to get more attention. It's always an attacking player that wins the Ballon d'Or, for example. But at the back, I think it's as important to get Carter Vickers on a permanent deal.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
4: Yeah, I mean, you can't have the attacking football that we have and the and the excitement going forward that we have without a solid base to build on. We've talked about Joe Hart, but Carter Vickers is, is every bit as important to that. Um, I think we have to pay as much as we're able to pay and try and push the boat out to get him because he really is a... I can't actually think of a player apart from McGregor that... quicker to go on the team sheet than Carter Vickers. He's just such a staple part of the side now and such a reliable um, part of the side that I can't even think of a time, certainly in the past two or three months, where there's ever been an occasion where you've even said, oh, that was a rash tackle or he was caught out of position there or he was caught on the turn or anything. He just... He just seems to be where he needs to be at all times um, and is just a consummate defender which um, is again something that we were lacking so sorely last season and maybe even the season before. Um, it's such a almost a luxury to have a player like that and uh, something that I don't think Celtic supporters uh, take for granted.
3: The big thing again looking at Loney's Laura we've had uh, good and bad we've had some failures failures we've had some successes but when i look at some of the guys who have left the club and have become journeymen you know and i'm looking at players like Philip uh, Benkovic, uh, John Gadetti uh, Paddy Roberts uh, all all these types of players who leave Celtic after a loan spell, but they never quite find the perfect fit. And as good as he's going to be for us, Cameron Carter-Vickers, I also look at him, I look at his age, the fact that, yeah, his parent club is Spurs and always has been in senior football, but we're his seventh club. On loan, and there must come a time, Laura, where a player needs a club that he finds that fit, he finds it, you know, uh, at home. He's at home at the club, but also it matches his ambition, so he can play European football. Um, he can continue with his international uh, recognition and his aspirations with the USA. So I think that it works both ways for a player like Carava, because I was I would hate to see him going the same way as the likes of Guedetti and Roberts and Benkovic
4: i think the problem with the the players that you've mentioned is they sometimes uh i think um you know get ideas in their head off the back of uh, a good spell with celtic and forget the history that they had before that brought them to celtic that perhaps they couldn't reach it at the levels that they wanted to and they get ideas slightly above their station and leave thinking that that are their progress is going to continue once they they leave Celtic. Hopefully with Carter Vickers, what you're seeing there is somebody that goes right. I've been at Spurs long enough. The chance would have come if it hasn't come already. Um, Celtic's been a good uh, platform for me. They're offering me everything that I want in terms of exposure and football and things like that. And for, for him as well, maybe a chance to sign permanently for us, get a, get a first-team starting berth and and get a settled uh, place at a football club. I think part of the problem with being one of these journeymen is you never feel entirely settled anywhere or or fully part of the setup. and I think there's a lot to be valued in that and hopefully Carter Vickers can see that um, we can match what his financial ambitions are as well as his playing ambitions and keep him at the club even if it's for a few years until he gets a, a permanent move elsewhere but I think that we've shown him enough as far as the club's concerned to to hopefully convince him to stay. And and certainly he's a player that I would want to stay if we can keep him.
3: I, I do think it's different, obviously, in the modern game um, as it had been previously. And we did speak about some of the players that we're getting the longevity out of, which is actually unusual uh, these days, Laura. But, you know, you look at a player, there's, there's been moves afoot in Scottish football today, for example. You've got Tony Watt and Tony Watt, excel, famous, always will be for that goal against uh, Barcelona. But you look at the the plethora, to use that famous word again, um, of clubs that he's been at and it seemed as though he had found a perfect fit with Motherwell yet he has moved once again and this time he's ended up at Dundee United as well and I just think that sometimes it's best to find a home where you can maybe even stay there for about three years I don't expect in the modern age for players to stay any longer than that I really don't, particularly when you buy them in but moving every year to different countries in every club Different clubs, Laura. I mean, it must be really unsettling. I mean, these guys uh, are are not robots, and they've got families and and obviously their environments and their home and you know teammates and changing to a different team every other year. So, I for me, um, Cameron Carter-Vicker has to be uh, a permanent sign. And now, there's been a few birthdays coming in on the comments section. You could tell me it's your birthday, and I wouldn't even know it. But Marky Mark, sixty seven, it is your birthday today. Nice. Present. Uh, and by the way, if you were born in 67, a very happy birthday to you as well. Here's one from Mika. Um, let's see if we we'll agree with this. A night where Cal Mack and Roderick were poor by their standards, and we still walked it. Happy days. Um, I don't know about uh, McGregor. I know he wasn't as involved in a lot of the play as, as we might expect. And Roderick, again, there were um, moments where, you know, generally he's maybe held on to the ball a wee bit longer than he should have done. Laura, but I think this is more down to the the guys around about them excelling and guys like Katati really stepping up tonight. And um, you know, you can get away with a six now and again when your teammates are pulling it out the bag like that.
4: Yeah, I mean I think um was it Rob best performance of the season? No, it really wasn't, but um I wouldn't say he was poor. I I think that is maybe a bit harsh. Um, I think like you say, um, if we've got a team full of players who can step up to the mark and share the responsibility and put in performances uh, when other players aren't playing at their best, then that's what you need from a from a team. And um, we can't expect players like McGregor Rogic, heart um, to carry us week in, week out. We need other players to step up and I think they all did that tonight and uh, we didn't suffer for it. Rogic still looked like he was trying to create, like he was trying to make things going forward. Um, it just wasn't coming off for him tonight but um, the, the least you can ask for is you know, you're know, you not always going to get the, the rub of the green, you're not always going to get luck as far as that's concerned. The least you can ask for in these situations is that players are at least trying their best and I don't think anybody can doubt that from Rogic tonight.
3: No, you're absolutely right. Now, when I'm looking at some of the comments coming through, uh, Ewan's feeling good about that win. He thinks it's coming home. Um, we shall see. I know that when it comes down to that question with Ange Postacoglu, he doesn't really enter into the discussion. He just continually talks about the development of the side um, and trying to stick to the principles that he's implementing at Celtic. Uh, we've also got Johnny Ryan. It all uh, came down to money with Tony Watt. It often does with players, but, you know, I just something think when you look at um, his career, I'm just using his as an example because it's fresh, he, he moved today um, his career for example, yeah he might be able to make a wee bit more money elsewhere because I mean we're not talking life changing sums of cash, it's Motherwell to done the United rather than you know a big move down south for example Laura and I just think that sometimes if you're, if you're settled and you're performing better than you have done for years then, you know, sometimes it's better to stick where you are. But we'll see where that uh, move takes him and we'll see if he is a success. What about the fullbacks tonight then? That was a point of discussion before the game, Laura. I had said that I thought Ralston should be playing right back. You suggested Scales might get a game at left-back, but they were both pretty solid tonight, weren't
4: they? I I thought they were both solid defensively and Juranovic certainly offered an awful lot going forward. Um, For me, Taylor is probably the only player I would say I had uh, question marks over tonight. I, I think he was uh, shown for being slightly a level below most of the other players in the team, certainly in an attacking sense. Uh, I, I can remember a couple of moves that, that we had breaking down when it got to Taylor. So um, I, I certainly think attacking-wise, um, he wasn't up to the standard of Juranovic over on the other side. But defensively, he put in a great shift. Martin Boyle again didn't didn't have much joy, uh, same as in the cup final, so um, from that point of view, he's certainly done a job for us, and I think, like we said before the match, I think that'll have been in Ange's head when he was making that selection. Um, do I think that Taylor's the best option we have at left-back going forward? Probably not for me. I, I think I do prefer Scales, but um, certainly um, he's, he's, you know, a good option to have, certainly domestically, um, and I think that's, that's all you can ask for just now, but I would be hoping that one of the next sign-ins that we do make is, is another permanent left-back, somebody who's dedicated to that position, because even Scales, who I'm suggesting, is a left-back, there's some question mark over whether he's better as a centre-half or a left-back. And the idea that we could get... a you know, a left-sided version of Juranovic would be the ideal. Um, I know you can't just pick players like that out of nowhere, but it would certainly be my preferred option going forward.
3: Well, I've been impressed with the vast majority of the signings, Laura. I mean, the, the quality of the player that we're bringing in, I'm pretty sure that you know uh, there are options there in terms of whether or not we want to strengthen a left-back. I remember a few weeks ago, I think it was Brian said on the bulletin, it all comes down to numbers in that position and maybe looking at whether or not we could go into the market until or before rather we get rid of a body or two and I think that uh, Montgomery's on his way out on loan and the the club will be making big efforts to get rid of ball and goalie as well it's just never going to happen for him he's had a couple of games this season um, but it looks as though his history has caught up with him and his uh, future lies elsewhere once that happens I'm pretty sure we will go out and when you're going out I don't think we're going out to buy a backup like you say let's go out and buy someone who you might look at as being your first choice. A couple of the subs that came on tonight, uh, as well as the Japanese signs who we've already discussed, Jota and Yakamakis. Let's start off with Jota. So he comes back in, didn't have much time to really get involved in the game. His headband has been commented on because obviously we all love his hair. But when he is fully fit, who's playing down the flanks? I mean we've now got, once again, we've got options. I think he's a first pick down the left. If that's the case, who do you play down the right?
4: I think for me the first pick down the right is a fully fit James Forrest. I don't think he even comes close between him and Abada, to be absolutely honest. But having said that, I thought Abada put in a decent shift tonight up front. Um I thought he he tried to have an impact in the game, he tried to make a difference and uh, you know, came close on a couple of occasions to making decent chances. But uh, yeah, no, for me, Forrest is still streets ahead. Um, it's gonna probably need to be a toss-up between the two for a for a period of time until Forrest really gets that match sharpness back that he's been looking for all season. But uh, if you're if you're asking me about between a fully match sharp uh, James Forrest and Abada uh, it's no contest and it's Forrest for me.
3: Pat, I can assure you, I would never time you out for mentioning that beautiful installation on the top of Jota's head. Absolutely not. I don't know what's happened there, but you're still in the game. Um, the other substitution, of course, was Yakimakis. Um And again, he's had a bit of stick, I guess. And we know what happened against Livingston. But prior to that game, and in particular in the European performances that I've seen, Laura, I was impressed with him holding the ball up. He's got... He's definitely got a bit of upper body strength. And I've seen that again tonight when he came on.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing I would say about him when I when I watched the the period of time that he was on tonight was he was a perfect option to come off the bench tonight to kind of see out the game, to keep the ball up in their half, to, to keep it away from our defence. I think what's disappointing me is I was... Expecting a different player to come in based on the scoring form that he had last season, more of a goal scorer. Now it might be that it might be that he needs a few more games from the start or to come on at a time where we're pushing for a goal more to to for us to see that difference. But the fact that he's got both sides to the game, hopefully the goal scoring will come, but also that physical side of a kind of Chris Sutton type way where he can hold the ball up in the. in the uh, the final third uh, is going to be of benefit for us especially in games like tonight where we're trying to see it out Uh, and before anybody mentions I am not saying he is the next Chris (laughs) Sun.
3: That's what I heard Laura um, <laughs> The big thing for me is there are different types of players that offer you different options and there are going to be times as, as spectacular a, a performance as we've seen from Maeda or Kyogo, there's going to be times where it, it's just not working for them and you need a different approach and I think what we've got with Yakamak is someone who's a completely different style of player Laura and it's options like that that I felt we really lacked last season particularly up top, we really didn't have the options up top and we didn't have the Variety of players to to cause any kind of problems were too predictable. And I think if you throw on a player like Yakamakis, a completely different player, Um, if a a centre half's having a good game and he's quite comfortable, regarding who he's marking be that Kyogo or Mieda and you throw in Yakamakis, completely different thing to deal with. So I think that is going to work in our favour as well. And yeah, I've got to agree with this. Jamesy is a living legend. Someone else also comes in to remind us that we are playing Alaw in the Cup at the weekend, it's an away tie. Uh, Let's look ahead very quickly to that Um, and the kind of changes that you make. I'm always loathed to make big changes in a game like that. I remember uh, Greenup Morton at home, where we played uh, a team that was just chopped together and they went and beat us in the Cup and the League Cup in Neil Lennon's first tenure as manager. I think you play the strongest possible team you can, even if it's against Alawa at the weekend, Laura.
4: Yeah, I think apart from anything else, you know, we're just coming back from a break. The the players will need to get up to match sharpness and match fitness because it's very easy to lose that. And over the past few weeks, I'm, I'd be not be surprised if they have lost it to some extent. Uh, I would love to see us play, if not exactly the same team tonight, certainly as stronger team if we can get. Uh, some of the other players to come back in who didn't feature tonight. um maybe even a chance for somebody like Yakimakis to start and see if he can bag a couple of goals just to get his confidence up. but yeah for the for the main spine of the team, I would say consistency is the is the key and um you know there's that old adage in football that winning's a habit and that doesn't matter whether you're playing in the Champions League or whether you're playing in the Scottish Cup it's, it's the same so um yeah i would be i would be doing the utmost to try and keep the team as as consistent as possible for for fitness and for for that kind of winning habit reason as well
3: no, I do agree with that It was an enjoyable night tonight Yeah, first half was tremendous Second half, um, I don't think we took the foot off the gas I actually think you've also got to look at the opposition And the way that Maloney shaped up in the second half And it was a much diff- more difficult game to play But we came away with the three points We will see what happens tomorrow night at Pataudry uh, We've been sitting on about 1500 live Which is unbelievable when you think about it uh, Listening to us talking about that game Thanks everybody for getting involved We really do appreciate um, all your involvement All your comments all your support and all that's left for me to say once again Laura Bradburn thanks for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind
1: Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data. Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.